Welcome back to another episode of Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week we try to bring interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise and community leader, community connector, Rachel Estes is my guest in this episode. I've known Rachel for many years. She is a awesome person and gives so much back to our community, particularly in this time and what we're going through with the pandemic. She gives us some really great things that if you want to give back to the community, these are the kind of things in the Birmingham and Homewood area that you can certainly do, and they would translate in whatever community you live in. Thank you again for listening to the Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review, and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcast as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. Good morning. It's Bernard Nomberg with another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live. Each Tuesday, we try to bring interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And I've got with me my longtime friend, in Homewood, Rachel Estes, who certainly fits that bill. Good morning, Rachel. How are you doing this morning? I'm grand. Glad to be here. Well, I, I really, knowing how busy you are and what you do for our community, I'm very thankful and fortunate that you've got a little bit of time with us, but we've got some great things to discuss. So thank you for, for being there for me today and for us in this discussion. Yeah. Before we get into all the awesome things that you do, uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. There, there may be two people who watch this who don't know who you are, but everybody else does. <laughs> so my professional hat, I get to wear the hat of Director of Outreach at Canterbury United Methodist Church. And um, I've been there 12 years, um, wow. which feels like a long time. I came there um, after being Director of Service Learning at Birmingham Southern College for a long time. Um, then I um, tried to stay home uh, with our three daughters and accidentally got a master's in library information science <laughs> and um, did some other great uh, contract nonprofit work and um, launched immediately back into working uh, in the community through Canterbury. So that's, that's my professional hat, I would say. Um, you know, the other things uh, that I love to, to claim as also on my hat rack, uh, Girl Scout leader and uh, just community connector. Uh, that, that, there are plenty of things that I am not good at, but there are the things I, I love to do or connect people with their passions and agencies and ministries with people that might have a, a, a curiosity about them. Well, that, that term community connector certainly in my mind fits the bill for you and and one of your your other titles that you threw out there was Girl Scout troop uh, leader in fact one of my daughters Sydney was in your troop for a, for a little bit uh, back in the day and, and still some fond memories I can't believe how many years ago it's been but the reason why I wanted us to have a conversation today and it's so very timely just given the, the, the upside down world that we're in right now in this pandemic, I think that in the appropriate circumstances, volunteering and getting out 
for the greater good when it's appropriate, when it's safe, and when it's the right time to do it is so vitally important right now. And that's, that's where I want to focus most of our discussion this morning. You and Lane and your three awesome daughters really set such a great example in our community that it's, it's always, I've always heard that actions speak louder than, than words. And you guys are such leaders by your actions that I hope that, that people who see what you guys do, at least one-tenth of one percent rubs off on them and they're able to follow what goes on with your, your world. So what I want to focus on for a couple of minutes, Rachel, are about maybe some of the projects that are either ongoing, that may be of service to the community, that could be for those who are healthy and can get out to do, and maybe other projects that you may know of that are that are going to be needed in the upcoming weeks and months. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet for a little bit and just kind of let you lead us there. Sure. Well, the um, it's been a it's been a funny balance of the hands-on activities have dwindled a bit, um, and yet um, and yet some still exist. I can tell you that there is a huge need for blood donations. So anyone that is healthy and able and willing um, blood donation, I, I encourage you to, um, I downloaded the app, which was actually kind of fun. I'm not technological, but I downloaded the app and it, the app had on there all of my donations since 1991, which was pretty cool because I oh. certainly didn't, I mean, they, they attract me even yeah. through my maiden name. So uh, making an appointment and donating blood could not be easier and more needed at this point. Um, so that's one, one thing a healthy volunteer can do. Meals on Wheels has a couple of different ways that folks can volunteer. Um, starting today, they've gone instead of hot meals every single day. For the meantime, we're delivering a box of frozen meals that will be for the week. So it's one delivery. Um, for the week, but that is something that they're going to need. A lot of Meals on Wheels volunteers um, are often retired volunteers, and those are folks that are now sheltering in place, and so there's kind of a need for, uh, for an influx of new, new folks uh, there. Very easy to sign up um, and kind of get the online training there. Meals on Wheels is also asking for people to volunteer to help call some of their, um, their clients. Um, that's an easy job anybody can do, whether you're whether you are sheltering in place or able to get out. Um, that's a phone call. Um, you know, Meals on Wheels is is critical for two things. One is to get food to people, but it's also a point of contact. It's also seeing someone in their home and making eye contact, and so making this uh, these phone calls. And that's again, Meals on Wheels has made it incredibly easy. You go to their website and um, can click on to to call. Um, in addition to that, I think that, uh, you know, for a while we were able to provide some sack lunches to various um, ministries serving the homeless, but that, because of social distancing and, and has slowed down a bit until they can figure out different ways to do that. So I tell everybody just pause on that because it's still a need. Um, I know that Pathways Shelter is serving 30 women every single day for lunch and dinner. So people that love to make soup or giant casseroles or you know uh can get together with three friends not get together but if three friends can partner uh socially distance partner from their own homes make a meal for 10 people and get it ways i know that would be filmed. 
Um, another odd request, but very needed, is all the shelters are doing absolutely tons more laundry than they've ever done before. So laundry detergent dropped off at any of the doors of Pathways, Salvation Army, Jimmy Hale, First Light Shelter, Firehouse Ministries. Um, just those are some odd things that people don't think about. Um, so it's the, the hands-on part, I think, is really going to come in the months to come. What we're already seeing with job loss and, um, and just systems changing, there's going to be a huge need for, for people just to show up. Um, and I think, too, a lot of uh, the agencies that I know of have a spring fundraiser that got thrown off of kilter, which means that you know, they're functioning at full capacity and don't have the opportunity to make their money. So people who have funds and can, can share those would be great. Um, well, those, those are some, some excellent ideas and we'll put the links to great. any of these as we can in the comments section. And we wanna make sure, I know you've stressed it and I've stressed it, but I wanna stress it again. Although all of these types of situations are in need of volunteers and your man hours or your phone calling, please make sure that whatever your community standards are right now, whether it's shelter in place or whatever it may be, that you follow those proper health and safety guidelines and protocol. There will be plenty of time after all of this is lifted and maybe much more so needed in the weeks and months ahead by showing up by making donations, whether it's your money, your time, your assets, whatever it is, Rachel is a never ending source of things that people can go and do, or you can do from your home. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Now, Rachel, it's, this is something that is part of your family's lifestyle and it's part of many other families' lifestyles. And, and, and we try to do our part. But what, from a family perspective, I want to step back from this community discussion and involvement. And I want you to share a little bit, if you will, of the Estes family philosophy. And why, and I'm not trying to either embarrass you or call you out, but I think it's such an awesome example for families, whether you're a family of one or two or 10, you don't have to do everything, but doing something is helping the greater good. It helps the community. And from a personal standpoint, it sure helps your karma. So if you will, share a little bit of that philosophy that you and Lane have instilled in, in the girls and in the family. Well, um, I love talking about families and, and, and individuals and people engaging in service. And I think two two big things maybe that we did and that I talked to young families or, or folks curious about. One is scheduling it because oftentimes I'll put it out an opportunity and I know there are people out there that are like, oh, well, if we're available on that Saturday morning, we'll show up for this. Well, the point is in our society today, nobody has ever just happens to be available, right? I mean, so if you don't schedule it, if you don't, if you don't put it in your calendar, like you do a meeting, a sports event, um, a family dinner, if you don't schedule it, it won't ever happen. And so scheduling, when you see a great opportunity that you think your family would be interested in, it's got to make it on the calendar and it's got to become a priority. And I think, um, I think that's, it, 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 I just hear people over time and time again go, oh, that looks like a great thing. Hopefully our family can, can do that. Well, 
put it on your calendar and do it. That's one thing. And then two is we talk a lot in our family about the ways that we are served um, because I think that um, service really works when you see that you're just doing it because you're a part of a community. I mean, and ironically that ties into COVID-19 right now, right? I mean, none of us are loving this, this new reality, but we're doing it for the greater good. We're doing it because it's, a, it's affecting or not affecting people we may or may not even know. And I think the whole point about service is it's, it's, it can be dangerous when people say, well, we're going to do this for other people rather than, um, oh, it's our turn to do this because we're going to be helped this way. And so we talk about, you know, um, I was in a, a wreck and people brought us food and people helped us do projects. And so I'm always using the ways our family has been helped when we talk about going to do for others. And it's just, it creates that mutuality. It creates we're not, we're, we're doing things because other people do things for us. And that's just the be best way a healthy community works. It, it um, is. It, it's part of being a giver and not a taker. And that's yeah. what makes your community stronger. It makes your, your way of life improved and, and better. Um, and, and I think what you're, you're really telling us, it's also a lifestyle choice in that, those who, I'll give you a great example. I was uh, scheduled to go volunteer at the Avondale Sunrise Club. They're building that awesome uh, new trails and lookout points on top of the Altamont Road in my neighborhood. Well, I didn't put it on my calendar and I showed up on the wrong day. Now I had great intentions. I was all ready to go and there's nobody there. And then I go back and look again and guess what? It was yesterday. I missed it by a day. So I think you're absolutely right. There's ways to make excuses. There's ways to miss things. And putting it on a calendar, just like anything else you do in life, it's there. Everybody checks their phone or their house calendar. And it just becomes infectious. And that's a terrible word today. But it, within the family dynamics, hey, Rachel and, and two of the girls are going to do this. Well, Lane's like, well, I don't want to miss out on what the family's doing. So what do you know? Everybody ends up going. And it really is, to, maybe this is a little selfish of me thinking, it also feels good to go do these things. Absolutely. Um, when I worked at Birmingham Southern, um, I used to look at this model that was put out by a graduate student at James Madison University that I just think is so cool. And that is that there's sort of four layers or levels of serving. One is you you do it because, um, you know, you're, you do it because it, you're doing it for the t-shirt or the water bottle, like That's a fun right? right? That's and then right. the next time you do it, it's because your friends are doing it and, and you're kind of invested, right? Then the third time you, you show up or the third sort of level of engagement is you really fall in love with that particular agency or that particular project. It might, you know, if it's homelessness or if it's domestic violence or if it's children in crisis or if it's breast cancer or what you fall in love with, with that, with that. And then the fourth level is, is why does this even exist? Why aren't we part of the advocacy? Why, why don't we change the thing? And not everybody gets to that fourth level, which is absolutely fine because it takes, mm -hmm. um, it takes charity and justice. And I love those four levels because it doesn't matter if you're there for the water bottle or the t-shirt on level one, because you're there and you're showing up and that's the fun part. But maybe, maybe when you invite people on level two or you get invited, you know, then there's the group mentality. 
and then really becoming passionate about that, that individual agency and then realizing, oh, there could be a fourth level. Maybe I start writing to my government officials or maybe I start figuring out where the system is broken and I can, and I can change it. The, the, other, the other part that goes with that that I just always think about, I think it's an African proverb, but you know about sort of a river and there are babies floating in it and people are jumping in to save the babies and they're jumping in to save the babies. And when they jump in to save the babies, then there's a whole system in the village of wrapping the babies in blankets and and feeding the babies and then finally somebody says wait why why doesn't somebody go to the start and find right. out how the babies are getting in the river in the first place and and we need both we've got to have people you know doing the immediate and direct work and then we need the people that are creating the systemic change well, that that may require a fifth level and that's actually joining the board <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> that's when you're yeah. all in but no, that's, that's when you're I, all in. I yeah. love that, and I, that analogy. Yeah. And Birmingham could not be a better place. I mean, and I think also Birmingham does an incredible job of really educating its young people about the both the needs and the opportunities in the community through um, youth serve. Uh, they do incredible work. They even have a youth philanthropy council where the Joseph S. Bruno Charitable Trust give money and the students uh, do a grant process, but they, but th that exists, Youth Leadership Forum. Um, there's all sorts of organizations that is, that are designed to kind of help engage our young people so that they can see, oh, being part of a community doesn't mean I ju just get to, you know, get to just live here. I need to be part and an active, um, engaged part of, of being a part of the system, being a part of the community. And that's, I, I don't see that everywhere. I don't see that um, in all the communities, but I think Birmingham does a good job of saying, you may be young, but show up, your voice matters, your hands matter, your heart matters, and, and let's go. You know, that, that's so true. And when, when the children see how important it is to their parents or to their friends or teachers or people that they look up to, they, they, maybe there's a little bit of FOMO in there and they want to jump in and get, get involved in some way. And I'm so proud. There's so many kids, uh, not just with our two respective families, but so many children, so many families who do so much for our community. And, and guys, for those of you just joining us, I'm talking with Rachel Estes, a community connector. And that's, we're talking about all of the the opportunities that are out there either currently now if you're healthy and can follow proper protocols or and maybe even more importantly in the upcoming weeks and months of what's going to be needed and that's kind of where I want to go Rachel for a few more minutes before we conclude it's easy to get distracted on social media to see how horrible the world is how horrible everything is not just locally but globally but what I try to focus on, and maybe this is the optimist in me, I want to see those stories that John Archibald is pulling out of people and putting online. That all of these, what people, these unsung heroes, and I don't use that term lightly, you know, we've seen that not all heroes wear capes, and all the healthcare workers and everybody who's out there on the front line who, who are doing what they do. To protect the rest of us but and I don't mean this lightly the volunteers who are doing things not necessarily in the medical field but for everybody else checking on seniors whatever it may be 
I think is so vitally important, not just now, but those projects that need to continue that have been going on or the new opportunities that are coming up. And that's what I'd like you to kind of focus on for a minute as to what potentially Birmingham and our, our metro area has to offer for people who want to get involved. Well, I think definitely one thing that we're going to see is um, an opportunity to really pour into our young people through, say, the Birmingham Ed Foundation to tutor kids, make sure we already know that, that there's a gap in learning that happens for all kids in all school systems between, you know, end of school in May and the beginning of school in, in, in August. And gosh, we know that right now that's going to be an even deeper, deeper uh, gap. And so I know that STAIR, uh, Start the Adventure in Reading, STAIR has an opportunity for some um, remote tutoring. Um, I would say the Literacy Council is another great opportunity that's going to be available to help dive into helping people, you know, continue. But I think, I think making sure, um, I mean, that's, I guess I'm speaking mostly about a passion of mine. We're, we're going to need to make sure our kids have food um, and I know the school system is doing that um, and, and, and doing a heroic job at it. Um, but making sure our kids who typically depend on a free breakfast and lunch, that they are getting access to food. But I think the whole educational piece, being able to be available for either, either if it's tutoring or if that's not your gift, providing literacy materials, you know, getting a book for a kid, um, dropping off um, some books from a local bookstore uh, at, at one of the schools that when kids are coming to pick up lunches, they are able to pick up a book to go home. Um, I always will remember that in Freakonomics, that book, they talked about if a family's house had 50 books, whether the person had read it or not, but just the exposure to the written word, their ACT, SAT, whatever scores were sort right. of jumped up five or six points. So the more we can get the printed word into households that may not have that, especially now that the libraries are closed. So I think that in the, in the, in the weeks, I say weeks, it may be months, but in the weeks and months to come, um, really watching what Birmingham Ed Foundation does, watching what the Literacy Council does, watching what the school systems need in all of our school systems. We know that there are fragile um, edges in all of our school systems. Um, we know that our, our immigrant population, um, that that is, a, that is a hurting community as well. And those are, um, those are folks that could, you know, use some support. I know that HECA is doing incredible work to try to keep um, communication lines open and keep people on their citizenship paths. Um, and and I think we'll just have to keep watching social media. That will be the no, good that comes out of social media is linking people, linking people and passions, linking resources and passions. If, if people are, you know, people have financial resources to share this, th we will, we will be unprecedented in the amount of need. See well, coming I, out. I feel that, uh, that once, the quarantine or the shelters in place, all of this is lifted and things are, are able to resume back to some sense of whatever the new normalcy is going to be. I think there's going to be so much energy out there that hopefully people can focus on what they're doing by way of helping the, the larger community. But I did want to mention that in our building where I work, CJFS, Collette Jewish Family Services, uh, is another one of those agencies that is trying to help the community at large. And again, I'll put as many, and I would ask if you can, you can either share them to me 
uh, through email or however, or put them in our show notes, many of these uh, links for people who are uh, have so much time on their hands because they're stuck in their house, they're cleaning out their homes. What do I do with all my books? What do I do with all my toys and those types of things? And now there's going to be so many places that eventually would welcome those things. But don't just take those things there. Con contact the people at the facilities to make sure that they're not overloaded. Right. Uh, so it's, but Rachel, I, I could sit here and talk to you for hours about this stuff. There's so many great things that can be done in our community. And I'm going to choose to, to try to, to focus on that, that part of my social media observance each day and, and what you and Lane and your daughters do helps with that tremendously. So thank you on behalf of myself and anybody else who, who comes in contact with you guys. Well, you're kind. I've totally enjoyed it. I, I could talk about this generous and amazing community all day long. I think we are in such a, such a, such a village where we're taking care of each other and uh, we make it easy to take care of each other. And I, I hope people ask for help and I hope people are ready to extend their hands. Well, that's along those lines. The last thing I do want to say is, is it's while we're trying, we're being encouraged, told to be socially distant from each other, a physical distancing, uh, you shouldn't isolate yourself from, from a social standpoint. And what I mean by that is don't be a shut in from the whole world. There are ways to communicate to people online. Like I just had a birthday. They threw a lawn birthday party for me. It was so awesome. My girls threw this together. We had family over. Everybody was in their quadrants of the yard. And then there was a parade that came by of friends and family that wished me happy birthday. Be creative. Get out there and do the things that are socially responsible way to do them. But I, I certainly would encourage that. But Rachel, thank you. Thank you again. Sure. And let me put in one plug. I just, uh -huh. I just realized um, I'm going to be hosting a community, T-E-A. You can bring your hot tea, your cold tea, your Long Island tea. But uh, uh, at three o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays, starting this Thursday with different community uh, partners. Uh, so one place, Family Justice Center will be this, and I'll put these in your, um, in your show notes. But this Thursday will be the first one. Allison Deering is the executive director. And they'll, um, next week, next Tuesday will be Firehouse Shelter. The executive directors will have a chance to share both kind of what they do generally in the community, but then also what their needs are um, during this time. Um, so I will, the, a Zoom call I think can take up to 100 people. That would be fabulous if we shut down Zoom. But um, if people are curious about various agencies and kind of what, what's happening now and, and, and in the future, I'm happy to welcome anybody to that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Today is, uh, this conversation is, is on March 20, uh, 21st. What day is it? March 31st. March 31st, I think, yeah. So today's Tuesday, March 31st, and the first one is this Thursday, April 2nd. Is that Correct. right? At what time? At 3 p.m. Uh, Central. Okay. And, we'll and make I sure will we put, I'll put in your, I guess, underneath our notes or in yeah, the we'll, comments. We'll the put Zoom. in the comment section for anybody who's interested. Rachel, my big regards and a, and a big virtual hello to Lane and the kids. And thank you again for such an awesome conversation. Thanks for having me. Guys, Have a great Tuesday. You too. You too. And as we try to, guys, every Tuesday, interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. 
and Rachel Estes Community Connector certainly fits that bill. Guys, have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you next Tuesday. Take care. See ya.